Hey, babe. Welcome to the Fittish Mama podcast. I'm your host, Brittany. I'm a mom of four, and I'm on a mission to help moms just like you find ways to twist health and fitness into the chaos of motherhood. After losing 180 pounds of baby weight, overcoming postpartum depression, and healing my hormones, I fell in love with helping women just like you overcome diet culture BS while creating a path for themselves. I am here to tell you everything you need to know about building the body and life of your dreams, all with kids in tow. Grab your coffee. I know you need it. And let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fit-ish Mama podcast. I'm Brittany, obviously, and I'm so excited you're here. Um, We are getting ready to go down to Tennessee this week to see my little sister get married, and I am so excited. But I'm sure if you're mom and you've traveled with kids, you know how stressful it is. So I'm internally stressing the heck out, but I thought this would be a great way to just get my mind off things, share some great insight with you guys. So today we are going to talk about the pelvic floor because I see a lot of women as moms, right? Who don't really know what the pelvic floor is. They don't know how to make sure that there is, is healthy or that it's even something that they're really supposed to be worried about, right? We hear all these jokes when it comes to like postpartum, like, oh my God, when you sneeze, you pee, haha. Or like, oh my God, I can't jump anymore because I'm going to pee my pants. And that's related to the health of your pelvic floor. And while I know these jokes sound quote unquote funny and normal, I'll tell you right now, you are not supposed to pee when you sneeze. You're not supposed to pee when you jump. Um, And it can go even further, right? Like if you're having if it's painful when you have sex, um, if you are having uh, digestion issues, right? All of these can be related to the health of your pelvic floor. So as a woman, um, and even more importantly, as a woman who has had children, it is really, really important to know what your pelvic floor is, um, what pelvic floor dysfunction can look like, and then how we can go through and heal it and repair it and all of that cool stuff. So first, let me say, I am not a doctor. They are there are pelvic floor specialists out there, right? So if this is something you truly truly need help with, I do encourage you to go find a pelvic floor therapist. Okay? These are just these tips and things I'm going to tell you are really just meant to help educate you and again, give you those easy tangible steps and things that you can start implementing today to start making your own health and wellness better, right? Like that is the goal of this podcast always. It's to give you guys tools that you can start implementing right away and start making a big difference on your own life. So when it comes to your pelvic floor, right? First, we got to know like what, what is it? So your pelvic floor is like a hammock of muscle, tissue, and ligaments that support our uterus, our bladder, and our bowel, right? That's why when we have a poor um, or a weak pelvic floor, we pee. We might have issues going to the bathroom, um, things like that, right? Um, and then for people who have had children, right, these muscles can become very, very weakened or damaged because of all of the excess pressure and force that is put on our pelvic floor while we're carrying the baby, while we're delivering the baby, right? So pregnancy in general can have a very big impact on pelvic floor health and how strong it is. Um, so for what some women, right, because of the health of their pelvic floor before pregnancy, 
because of the trauma and all that stuff during afterwards their pelvic floor is kind of just wrecked right so how do we know that it's not working how do we know that it's kind of messed up um so there are different levels of dysfunction is what we'll call it and symptoms to uh, pelvic floor health okay so ideally, right, you are able to squeeze up your pelvic floor, right? So if you think about like when you're trying to pee and then you like stop yourself from peeing, that like sensation of like pulling up essentially, um, that is your pelvic floor, right? So if you try to make yourself stop peeing, that muscle you feel contracting, that is your pelvic floor. Um, So now that we know where it is and what it feels like, right, if you are having any of these symptoms, right, there is a good possibility that you might have some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction. So symptoms can range from mild to complex, okay, so there's different levels in between. So if you just have a mild dysfunction, this is, again, occasional discomfort in your pelvic region. Um, This is that incontinence, you know, peeing while you're coughing, sneezing, running, Um, and again, that minor discomfort during sexual intercourse, okay? Again, these things are not normal. I know especially like these three things are like, oh, it's fine after you've had a baby. Okay, no, right? Like if you're feeling them, that's a sign that something could be wrong. Okay, don't just push it aside and think it'll be better in a few weeks, right? Pay attention to it. Now, if these things get worse, right, we're having frequent pain, you're having um, constant incontinence, doesn't matter if you're walking, sitting, running, right? Again, the intimacy is, you know, way too painful. We don't even want to engage anymore. Um, And at this point now, you're also going to have difficulties going to the bathroom. Okay, so now you're super constipated, you're constantly having to push. And again, think about it, right? Think about where your pelvic floor muscle is. So while you're trying to go to the bathroom, you're pushing more pressure onto your pelvic floor muscles, right? And the more you do that, the weaker they're going to get. So it's not only going to affect the fact that you're peeing your pants, but like, are you able to go to the bathroom correctly without pain and discomfort, right? It's all, it's all connected. Um, That was for like a moderate dysfunction. Now, if we're going into like a severe dysfunction, right, this is where the pain in your pelvic area is is so bad that it's interfering with your quality of life. Um, You are, again, persistently having that incontinence. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's happening all during the day. Um, and again, now we're, we're not having fun, sexy time with our partner anymore. And it could be so bad that it's to the point where now it's starting to affect your relationship, right? Because you might want to be intimate, but you can't because it physically, it physically hurts. It's physically uncomfortable. Um, and again, that, you know, difficulties going to the bathroom at this point it's so like the the constipation um the straining the you know stomach ache the bloating right is bad right you're you're really being affected by your like your daily life is being affected you're not able to just wake up and go it's it's constant discomfort um and pain And then the last one is going to be complex, right? So this is where we pull in other um, issues like IBS, endometriosis, and they kind of, again, they can be connected, right? So like everything in the body, it's not really just ever one standing 
organ or muscle or tendon, right? At least this one thing can affect so many other systems. So as a woman, right? Like you don't want to be peeing while you're walking, right? You want to be able to have sexy time with your partner and, and not be in pain. So pelvic floor health is important for a lot of reasons. Um, it's also going to help with your core strength, which tends to be, again, weakened after having babies. Um, so we want to have a strong core. We want to have a really strong pelvic floor. So how do we take care of our pelvic floor? What do we do? So a lot of times, right, people are thinking, okay, pelvic floor, I'm just going to do Kegels and Kegels and Kegels. And like, yes, that will help. But like, there's a lot of other ways, um, maybe even better ways uh, to improve your pelvic floor health. Okay. So some of those are going to be, again, Kegels. There's different types of Kegel exercises. Um, I'm sure if you look it up, you will find them. Um, but there are other things that are going to be really, really helpful. Okay. So one of them is called a pelvic floor drop. Okay. So this is where you're going to, you can either sit or stand um, and you want to relax your pelvic floor muscles, right? So they're not clenched. We're just relaxed. They are, they just are hanging out. Um, and then as you start to exhale, you're going to lift your pelvic floor muscles up. Okay. And then you're going to hold it for a few seconds and then you're going to release. So imagine, okay, you're inhaling. And then as you're exhaling, you're going to pull again, pull that pelvic floor up, pull that hammock up. Um, and then you're going to hold it and then you can just repeat this a few times. So this is going to help you just kind of engage that muscle, know what it's supposed to feel like. Um, so that when you're going into other movement patterns, you're able to remind yourself, okay, like is my pelvic floor engaged? Yes or no. Okay. With that being said, it is also important that you are not engaging your pelvic floor all the time, because that is also an issue. It can also lead to some of these um, symptoms and things that we kind of talked about, but you know, you don't, you want to have a strong pelvic floor, but if you're constantly contracting it, then those muscles aren't going to be able to relax. Okay. So sometimes people do hold their pelvic floor way too much, way too tight. So we don't want to go all the way one way or all the way the other, right? So make sure that throughout the day, you're not constantly bracing. We don't want to be doing that. Um, so now that we know how to pull in our pelvic floor, we know what that's supposed to feel like. Now we can bring that technique into other movement patterns. Um, so doing things like glute bridges, right? Those are going to help, um, with your pelvic floor. They're also going to help with your core and your lower back, right? So I'm sure if you, everybody knows what a glute bridge is, right? But you're lying on your back, your knees are bent, your feet are flat on the floor, um, as you in, you're going to inhale and then you, as you're exhaling, you're going to lift your hips up right towards the ceiling. And this is where you want to pull in that pelvic floor muscle. Okay. Make sure that your hips are, you know, at that right angle. They're not overextended. They're not underextended. Um, your core is also engaged, which is a whole different conversation. Um, but you know, you're feeling that pelvic floor pulled in, you have your core nice and engaged. Okay. And you just, again, go up and go down, hold, you want to, it's more of like, um, holding, holding these patterns. So you don't really need to use a weight, right? Again, we're just really looking for that pelvic floor contraction. Um, again, moves like bridges, overhead marches, things like that. Those also really help with your deep core, which is that lower core, which again is oftentimes, um, affected by pregnancy, right? So these are going to have more than one benefit. 
Um, the next set of movements that can be really helpful for pelvic floor is squats. Okay. Um, we all love a good, a good squat. So this is where people can get hurt, right? Because they don't engage their muscles correctly. So when you're doing a squat, you always want to start off with no weight or an empty bar, right? Make sure that your movement pattern, again, is really good. It's solid. It's fluid. Um, as you're lowering yourself down into that squat position, right, you're going to, you're going to, um, you're going to act like you're sitting in a chair. Okay. So you're going to keep your chest up. Your back is as again, straight, depending on, you know, what kind you're doing and stuff like that, where your bar is um, situated. Um, as you're, you know, sitting down in that chair, right. You're going to, you're going to hit your butt or whatever on the chair. And then as you come back up, you know, again, we want to engage that pelvic floor because that's where that heavy movement is, right? You're going down, but as you're coming up, like that's where you're exerting all of that force. So as you're pulling up into your squat, you want to make sure, again, you're pulling in that pelvic floor. Your core is really nice and, and braced. Your back is, again, pulled back. We're nice and engaged um, because that, again, that's going to help you uh, protect that those lower extremities and again help strengthen those muscles back up um some other really great just movements in general are going to be yoga and pilates right i know some people are like oh it's so boring it's so slow but yoga is so so good okay the movements like child pose cat cow those are meant to help again keep your body moving get you into that like relaxed state but they are good movements for you to work on your pelvic floor health, right? So when you're in a child's pose, again, you're, you know, almost, what is it, like a, a seated in like a W, right? Or your feet are under your butt um, and, you know, you're reaching forward, right? As you're reaching forward, you're stretching out the core, engage that pelvic floor. Um, as we're doing cat cows, right? That's where you're on all fours. You're arching your back up and then you're arching your back towards the floor, right? So as you're moving through, again, brace your pelvic floor muscles, okay? Hold them, again, feel what it's supposed to, you have to know what it's supposed to feel like, okay? So movements like that. Um, and then if those are not enough, right? So let's say you start implementing these things, you're doing a little bit of pelvic floor work uh, with your workouts or, you know, in the bed before you wake up in the morning, whatever, and you're like, okay, like it's definitely getting better, but it's still not, it's still not fixed, right? So this is where you would want to take that next step and see a pelvic floor therapist, right? I do work on pelvic floor health with my clients, especially my newly postpartum moms. Um, but it also starts during pregnancy, right? I don't just wait till the baby comes to to focus on pelvic floor health. I start while my clients are pregnant so that while they're going through their pregnancy, they're already protecting their pelvic floor, right? That's also going to help with labor and being able to withstand all, again, all of the trauma that is going to happen, right? Birth is beautiful, but it is traumatic. Um, so we start with pelvic floor exercises while they are pregnant, right? Pregnancy safe ones, obviously. Um, and then we continue on into postpartum. So if you're doing all of these things, right, and it's just not like, it's just not enough. Okay, well, now this is where we go and we seek uh, the help of a pelvic floor therapist. They are going to be able to provide other alternatives and therapies, again, that can help strengthen your pelvic floor. 
Okay. This can, you know, having a weak pelvic floor can lead to a lot of various issues, right? And it can also, as you heard, right, through some of the symptoms and stuff like that, it can have a big effect on your relationships and your marriage. And like, that's not like, that's not fun. Um, You just had this baby and you're building a beautiful life and like, you deserve to feel good all the freaking time, right? So I know this is like a sensitive area on a woman's body, right? And so for a lot of people, it can feel weird voicing that things don't feel right or you know, that things are uncomfortable, um, but you have to, right? It's your body, like learn it, figure out what it's supposed to be doing, what it's supposed to be feeling like. And if it's not doing that, advocate for yourself, speak up, ask for help. Um, pelvic floor health is important for your quality of life, for your children, for, um, you know, recovery, all of that stuff. So if this does not motivate you to work on your pelvic floor, then I don't know what will, girlfriend. <laughs> um, but really, it takes like, you know, five minutes a day. It's, it's again, it's nothing crazy. Um, unless, again, we're in that severe dysfunction stage, then we definitely need to just automatically go find a medical expert. Um, but, right, again, these are things that we can work on daily that are simple, easy to implement. Um, and you can really make a big difference on your health and just your overall lifting in general, right? Because if you have a weak pelvic floor and you have a weak core, it's going to make lifting difficult, right? You're not going to be able to squat a lot and deadlift a lot because your back, your core, your pelvic floor are going to continue to be impacted. So this is going to spread into tons of areas of your life. So if you're a mom, highly encourage you, get your pelvic floor checked, make sure that it's working the way it's supposed to. Um, and if it's not and you need help, feel free to shoot me a message. Um, but I hope that you guys found this episode um, helpful. You know, I want to make sure we're covering all all areas of postpartum, even the like kind of boring, not super exciting ones, because, you know, I know, again, this is like, well, it's weird. We don't really want to talk about these parts of our bodies, but we have to. We have to have that conversation. So I hope you guys found this helpful. Um, if you did, please make sure you share it with your friends, tag me on Instagram. I would love, love, love to hear your comments and feedback and all of that cool stuff. So I am hoping we make it to Tennessee in one piece. So wish me luck, mamas, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Fittish Mama podcast. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with your friends. Share it on Instagram and tag me so that we can become virtual besties. I can't wait to talk with you next time.